0: This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Mike Peachy, CFO of AllConnect, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is Episode 252. As a finance leader, are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. Last summer, we interviewed CFOs from three different tech startups in three distinct regions of the U.S., Southern Florida, Minneapolis, and Washington, D.C. Besides sharing a common industry, all three of the seasoned CFOs were a woman, and all three, had pretty much spent the balance of their careers inside the geography where their latest company is headquartered. But the fact is, is that they shared something much more. And it's, it's a set of skills and experiences that allow them to play an intrinsic role in helping their companies establish culture and helping that culture to flourish. Now, culture begins with people and hiring the right people and establishing trust. And that's what I believe these three finance leaders have most in common. I thought it would be revealing to share with you three short segments from each of those interviews to better expose what is very clearly a central role that many finance leaders play in business today. We'll begin right after these words from our sponsor. It's a question every growing business must answer. How do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk? Sage intact provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making, When scale is top of mind, by automating error-prone manual tasks and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intact provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Okay, we begin with Gene Prather, CFO of eBuilder of Fort Lauderdale, Florida.
1: But uh, the workforce has to look up to you as a leader. How did you, uh, is there anything you acquired along the way that you learned that prepared you for that?
2: Yeah, it's probably my biggest strength is my people. Um, They trust me, and I think trust is the biggest thing, trust and respect. And if people trust you, they're going to work hard for you. They're going to deliver for you. They want to make you proud. And the big thing in all my companies, the first thing I do is establish trust. And I think along the way in my whole career, um, people follow me. People want to work for me. People want to, you know, I'm hard on them. I have very high expectations of people. There are some people out there that can't work for me because they don't like to work hard. But the people who want to work hard and do a great job know that I'm going to reward them and know that I'm going to be, I'm going to have their back. And trust is the biggest thing throughout. And I learned that in public accounting. And what what my base in public accounting was I had work for 10 partners, maybe, and you have 10 different personalities. You learn how to work with different people. You have, you know, if you're a senior manager, you might have six jobs going on at the same time, and those six jobs have five different groups involved. So you have to learn to manage people a different way and what makes them tick. Everyone gets, you know, managed differently based on what, how they are so I learned that base in public accounting and then when I got to the lean which was the company that hired me um they basically you know I had 20 people staring at me when I walked in and they just wanted a leader they wanted they were hungry and you have all these people that just want to do a good job and they want someone that cares about them and and so what my approach to Anytime I go to a new company, my approach is the first two weeks. I have one-on-one lunches with everyone that's in my department. I have group meetings, and I just start establishing that trust, and it's worked very well.
1: Now, as you described, these companies are somewhat formative, uh, still as you arrive. And do you think, and you mentioned the word culture, do you see yourself as someone who plays a a big, an important role in establishing culture for these companies?
2: Yes. Yes. um, The first thing I do is I I establish trust. And it's not just with the people that report to me. It's with everyone. So like, um, for example, at eBuilder, when I came on, the CEO was signing all the contracts and sales and doing all the sales stuff. And that got shifted to me. And so I had to establish trust with salespeople. I had to develop a relationship with them. And so it's not an automatic thing. You just don't walk into a building and just Think, okay, this is just going to happen. You have to establish the respect and the trust. And then, so with sales, like we, sales and accounting, we click, we get along, they understand what I need, I understand what they need. And same with professional services. You know, we have a whole implementation team that. Perform services and I establish relationships with all the implementation people so they can trust me if they have a question on revenue or if I have a question, there's an easy communication. So, in the executive team, you know, just not assuming that, you know, we all should just get along. It's work. It's, you know, you have to establish relationships with everyone and make sure that you know, the respects there, and they understand your motivation versus what they need to get done, and so we all click on all cylinders. And it's a very important that the executive team is on the same page because that does, you know, affect culture. If all of us are feeling differently and not on the same page, then, You know, it it goes down to the organization. So I feel like I'm an integral part of the culture. People look up to me. They look to me to see how I am, what's happening. And, you know, that's what people look for. They look at the executives.
1: I like the way you illustrated how the CEO um, uh, took some of the tasks that he or she was responsible for and, 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 and brought them into your realm. Um, what I'm wondering about is I imagine along the way you've, you've often had, uh, been engaged by the CEO who is looking to take uh, their organization to the next level, and they're looking for a seasoned executive with a track record like yourself. At the same time, you have to make an assessment uh, whether this CEO is uh, – well suited uh for what you bring. And uh I'm wondering in the past and without uh, getting specific here, have there been times when you said, No, this is not a good good match for me. I'm sure there yeah, is. But I, I'm wondering I've what criteria.
2: Yeah, I've actually been very, very, very lucky. Um I, I in my career. I have never really had um a a boss that i didn't respect or that i was not being mentored by or that i wasn't learning from there was one situation in my career that i left the company because um there was a change in management and the ceo came a new ceo came in and didn't really give me a chance and that really you know i learned a lot from that because I I learned what not to do as a manager and what people look for as a manager. And it was a a low point in my career, but I learned so much from it. And I'm a better person because of it.
0: Wow. Jean Prather of eBuilder, Lauderdale, Florida. Would you trust her as a leader? I certainly would. I confess, one of my favorite interviews of the last six months. Next, we head to Washington, D.C., home to psychotic and finance leader Kathy Moore. What is is it that you do well when it comes to finding the right people? And even, I guess,
1: onboarding them is such a key part of this. But what is it, do you think, that you are more thorough at, perhaps, when it comes to hiring?
3: I'm very thorough at writing the job description and making sure that not only is it do you say what you're going to do, but what skills it would take to be successful at it and and then making sure that when you're screening the behavioral screening process, being a good interviewer and hiring hiring people could be a full time job for anyone so um, I've just put a lot of time and effort into um, understanding how to write a well-written job description that will make it easy for the people that are in the interviewing process to screen those candidates and making sure that we're asking the right questions to ensure that the, not only can they technically do this job, but it's always the soft skills and the behaviors and traits that are hard for people to interview for. So you really have to ask situations that will reveal those traits. Um, and so it's a skill. And I, I understand the importance of it, so I, I've always made it a priority within any company I work to make sure that we have a really strong recruiting resource that um, is good at doing that job and able to help the managers that work under me write really good job descriptions and um, making sure that we – if you write a good job description, you can screen a lot of people out that won't even want to do the job and you'll, you'll get a better pool of candidates.
1: I suspect that along the way at a number of these startups that you brought in key hires such as perhaps a controller or even the top HR person.
3: My two prior companies, I've been, been involved in really recruiting a COO, um, uh, the controller who directly reported to me, the HR um, director that reported to me. So I've actually been involved in hiring um, even on the engineering and software development team, all different groups.
1: Want to get to psychotic, of course. You arrive here. What is that next threshold you'd like to accomplish here?
3: So, I am, as I said, this will be now my fourth time of being the first CFO that was brought in after, um, a company got financing. And so at Psychotic, I was so excited to come to this company because Insight Venture Partners was the investor. And this is a very rapidly growing uh, company. So the challenge for me in this role is this is a um, scale. How do we scale and how do we um, grow the business to capture the market opportunity that's in front of us? So, you know, I've been in other scenarios where it's been a turnaround. Um, or it was a very competitive market in telecom but in this case what my challenge is and I'm excited to do is I have to build the financial function out to um, provide support to the rest of the organization organization to grow and scale psychotic um, they double we doubled our revenue just in the last year and we doubled the amount of employees so as you can imagine My job now is to um, make sure the infrastructure is in place to support that amount of employees and that amount of revenue. So um, I I came to this company because I was excited about the product, which we'll talk about. I was very excited to work with this management team. One thing I know after this many years of working in startup companies, the key to success is a very strong management team which doesn't mean just a bunch of A players. It means a group of people that work well as a unit. And the other team members have worked together before and have had a successful track record together. I'm actually the only one on the team that hasn't worked together, so I'm probably like the wild card to them. But um, that was a really important thing to me because I know how important that is to the success. And then having insight as the financial backer it just to me was such a great opportunity. And then the product is uh, in a part of cyber security that's a relatively new area. and it's it there's not there's competition, but there's just there's a ton of opportunity and more than enough for two or three companies in the market.
0: Okay, we have a third culture building finance leader for you, but uh, first, these words from our sponsor. You want smart, year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Okay, our third culture building finance leader is Teresa McLaughlin, CFO of Calabrio up in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: So I, I see that prior uh, to arriving at uh, Calabrio, you actually uh, w- were six years in a CFO role. Yeah. So you're live at Calabrio. You're pretty seasoned at this point in time. What is it that you want to achieve here? What is the job you want to create for yourself?
4: You know... One of the big things I learned at Convey was really about, you know, bringing leadership and fostering um, other managers' leadership skills. So, how do I bring that to the table? How do I help mentor and foster different people? How do I build a great finance team? Um, And make sure that we get great things happening there. And then I think the biggest part is, um, within Collabrio, is really projecting more of a business partnership with the finance team and the rest of the business leaders in the organization. And, you know, instead of being reactive, really helping everybody be proactive, strategic. Sitting at the table with them, making great decisions, and really, you know, helping them analyze and be a, good, a business partner. I think that was something that was missing within this um, organization. So, you know, I've been here nine months. We've made some great progress in that area. We are. Um, we have leadership meetings where we take all the second and first line managers together and build out KPIs. we build out. Um, and we, we work together to help mentor their skills and foster where they want to go and what they want to be so we can continue to build the second line of leadership up. We have built in uh, great additional reporting processes, and then uh, really sit down with business leaders on a regular basis to really talk about what's happening in their business so we can help them with different decisions and analytics that they need and, and really pull out more um, information instead of data that, is, that we have in the organization. Can I ask, who well, owns the company today? Is it,
1: is it backed by a, a venture are, or private equity? We are
4: venture-backed today.
1: And was that funding uh, already uh, in place uh, upon your arrival? It
4: was. So um, Collaborative spun out of a company called SpanLink back in 2007, and as part of that spin out, we brought on capital that was also um, capitalizing SpanLink. So the owners um, invested in both of the organizations. So you've taken each of these
1: companies uh, that you have had a finance leadership role in and they've matured over time and the function, the finance function has had to mature over time. Just curious, where is this, you know, when you arrived, where is this finance function? Did you have certain key uh, positions that you needed to fill or was it already in place and it was a question of uh, uh, other areas that you needed to develop?
4: Our finance team, uh, We have one person who has been here a year. Um, I've been here nine months, and everyone else, the other five to six people on the team, have been here about five months. So we really came in and built out a brand-new team. It was um, really, it it took me a little bit of time to just really figure out what we needed, what skill sets do we have on the table right now, um, and then really bring in a team that I think can really catalyze us to continue to provide great service to our customers, which is our operations teams. In terms of when it comes to building
1: your team, something you've done time and time again, um, would you have any insights as far as how you go about finding the right person?
4: Uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, I look at two different things. One is, You know, everybody needs to have the fundamental skills of, um, you know, finance and accounting. But really, I look for a great cultural fit, someone that I personally want to work with, someone that I believe has a lot of... um, they have a lot of curiosity, and they and they have a lot of drive where they um, they want to learn and make change. I I believe that one of the great things that we as finance people can help drive is change. And so I look for people who have either done that before or who in the interview process are asking a lot of great questions about those types of things. And then you know, like you said, it's it's a lot about cultural fit because there's a. There's, a bunch that I can teach them, um, but I, but it is more about making sure that they have that energy to want that.
0: It's Jack. At CFO Thought Leader, we're interested in hearing from you. We want to find out what you would like to hear more of or less of. And so we've created an ever-so-short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on cfothoughtleader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, it's that time of year again. CFO Appreciation Day is quickly approaching and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO Thought Leader Mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. We'll mail you our also coveted CFO Thought Leader Mug at zero cost so visit us at cfothoughtleader.com and give us an earful we would greatly appreciate it some rules and restrictions may apply